Welcome to the Build Your House podcast. Build Your House is designed to give you the tools you need to disciple your family. Each Monday during the school year, we will be taking time to talk about real issues that we are facing with real answers from the Word of God. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Build Your House podcast. This is Jared Wood. Hope you're having a great week, whatever day that you're listening to this podcast. Easter is coming up in a couple of weeks, and I would like to talk about Easter this week, but first I wanted to just mention some delightful facts about Easter that you might not know. The tallest Easter chocolate egg was made in Italy in 2011. (laughs) It stood at... 10.39 meters tall, or a little over 30 feet, and weighed 7,200 kilograms. That is a big old chocolate egg. Americans consume more than 16 million jelly beans during Easter. That's enough jelly beans to circle the globe, not once or twice, (laughs) but three times. Pretty amazing. Statistically, 67% of people eat the ears on the chocolate bunny first. (laughs) 5% go for the feet and 4% for the tail. And finally, 700 million peeps, which have to be one of the worst candies of all time, are produced each year in the United States alone. I think the, the peeps compete with the circus peanuts and candy corn. I think maybe those... (laughs) make up the bottom of the barrel, but I digress. Easter is such a great holiday, and Easter we're thinking about the resurrection of Christ. And as I was thinking about Easter this week and thinking about what I might say uh, this week, I I, I stumbled upon something I thought was pretty cool, and I, I definitely feel like this is the Lord because I don't, I'm not sure that I'm intelligent enough to come up with these thoughts. But I started thinking about the lead up to Easter and Palm Sunday. And, you know, there's a whole series of events that happens that leads up to Easter. And it starts with the triumphal entry, or at least that's kind of the beginning of, I guess, the beginning of the end, really. And so, you know, the man lends Jesus his donkey and... You know, they place palm leaves on the ground, and he rides into Jerusalem. And then, you know, from there, things kind of spiral, seemingly spiral downhill. And then Jesus raises from the dead, you know, three days later. And and we have the Easter story. But I was thinking about what the enemy's perspective must have been. You know, it's it's kind of interesting you have these scenarios where where Satan is really trying to get the upper hand. And sometimes I'm really confused about, you know, how he goes about this, especially knowing uh, knowing better than anybody else the power of God. I mean, we, we are made aware of God's power, you know, in our daily lives and in our inner, you know, the, the workings on that, that go on and how he moves in our lives, how he heals and touches. But even we are not, privy to many of the things that the Lord is doing, but, you know, Lucifer must have been privy to 
um, and nearly everything or a lot of things. I don't know exactly how the observation works in heaven and what they can see and can't, but they know about the power of the Lord. I mean, they're around him. They were around him. I mean, obviously all the time, which seems kind of weird to say, you know, they were around him, but they were in his presence. And, you know, you have the story of, you know, Satan attempting to tempt, you know, Jesus, which is, which is so laughable. And, you know, the, the nearest thing I can figure is that he was really hoping to persuade the humanity in Jesus, because I don't think that he could have persuade, you know, the, the deity or the, or the God in Jesus. So near as I can figure, you know, he's trying to sway the, the human component there. He's trying to, to sway the flesh. And so he, you know, he takes him up on the temple and, you know, and he, of course he goes through the gamut and, and, and the temptations kind of seem laughable, but he's, He's doing all these things, you know, while Jesus was here on earth. And so we get to Easter and the triumphal entry and we go through all this scenario. And then finally, you know, Jesus is, you know, arraigned, or I guess we would, their version of arraignment and tried. And I guess, you know, again, their version of a trial, which we would consider radically unfair today. And then he's, you know, sentenced to die and is crucified. And I can't imagine, you know, the enemy's perspective here. He's he's really trying to get the upper hand. And he's cast out of heaven. Uh, he, he's not able to be in the presence of the Lord. And so this seems like a very, of course, a very cynical move because what does he have to gain? I mean, if, you know, if we, if we take this, out to its logical consequence, if if God dies, what does that mean for the enemy? And so we see that he really just, his agenda has really nothing to do with logic, and he really doesn't have any rationale except being anti-God. And so, you know, Jesus is crucified, he dies, and I wonder what must have been going on in those three days where, you know, Jesus's body was in the tomb. I don't know what kind of conversations, you know, might've been had if there was, you know, victory toasts. I don't know if there's victory toasts in hell, but if there are, I'm sure they were having them. And so on the third day, you know, Jesus is raised from the dead and suddenly the narrative is quite different for for Satan now, because what he thought was a victory, um, and and maybe he just didn't want Jesus on the earth. Maybe his goal was just to to be spiteful. Maybe he never really thought that he could kill the Lord, or never thought that you know any of that would be successful. I'm not really sure what he thought, but all we have to go on is is what's in the Bible. But in any case. You know, things during those three days must have looked for people on earth pretty bleak, especially for the people that traveled and knew Jesus, you know, for the disciples or for anybody who had, you know, a, a, a personal relationship with with Jesus himself, how that must have felt. And so at the end of the three days when Jesus raises from the dead, I mean, the 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 panic that must have happened, 
you know, with the enemy, uh, with Satan and his minions or whatever, must have been, I mean, pretty extraordinary. And then, you know, not only that, but you, you get to Pentecost 50 days later, and he's pouring out his spirit, and people are receiving the Holy Ghost. And I say all that, I, I go through this story and take some time to say that it seemed like that things were very, very grim. But ultimately, Easter is a story of hopefulness. And without the Easter story, we don't have the gospel. And the gospel is the good news. And what is the good news? The good news is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is what allows us hope. That's what affords us hope today. That is what changes our lives, is the Easter story. And that is why Easter is so important. That is why we place so much emphasis on Easter, is because without Easter, there is no redemption. Without Easter, there is no salvation. Without Easter, there is no hope. But since Easter happened, since he died, since he was buried, and since he rose again, we have hope. And so I just want to encourage you today, this week, this morning, this evening, whenever you're listening to this, that it may seem like that things are not going well. It may seem like the enemy has the upper hand. It may seem like that things are not going good. But just be patient. Let the, let the Lord work. Continue reading His Word. Continue praying. And I promise that there is hope. There is hope. I'm so thankful for the Easter story because it lets me know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And not just a, a, not just a temporary problem that I'm having, but ultimately at the end of my life, whenever that may be, or at the end of your life, that Christ is waiting, Jesus is waiting with open arms to usher us into eternity, and that was made possible by Easter. Easter is hope. Thank you all for tuning in to the Build Your House podcast, and we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye.